had our big grand opening for the, this building. And it was a all-nighter finishing up stuff. We were all just ragged. We went home, showered, came back, and we had probably, I don't know, three, 400 people show up for our grand opening. I looked around, and that was kind of my, wow. I think we kind of figured something out. The showroom was probably, I don't know, 30% built out. The rest was all open, but I think people saw where we were going with and thought, this is pretty cool. Welcome to Friends of Build Magazine. I'm your host, Ted Bainbridge. I've been traveling the world and working in publications for 30 years. In 2016, we launched our first issue of Build Magazine, a publication dedicated to high-end home construction, renovation, and the innovative experts that make this possible. This podcast was created to have some fun and explore those who have taken on the challenge of building luxury homes in demanding locations. From navigating logistics and construction to excavating the earth, we want to learn more about these people and how their projects became cover-worthy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Well, I am super excited. Welcome to another edition of Friends of Build Magazine. We're pumped to have Dan Devonport, the owner of Mountainland Design, with us today. And it's such a pleasure to actually sit down and spend an hour with you and just chit-chat. Yeah, Ted, it's good to be here, man. Yeah, no, we're fired up. You've built such an incredible company. And some of the stories that uh, I've read on your website, as well as the stories that Mark Fisher, who runs your your Sun Valley operation have told me are epic. We will talk about you losing your wallet at the Bronco <laughs> game, but how'd you start this? Like what was the brainchild behind this? Well, never, it wasn't really a brainchild. So I actually got into this, um, right out of, uh, high school. I went to a year of junior college. I was okay. going to be an NFL. I was sure I was going to be in the NFL playing <laughs> football, but, uh, You've lost some weight then since your playing days. Well, back then you could get away with being a little smaller, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went from receiver to tight end, and I realized tight ends are just linemen that can catch the ball, so yeah. it didn't work out so good for me. So, But kind of went to a little little college where I was actually taking some business classes and uh, went to a year of that and came back and ended up getting married starting a, starting a family, but had to find a job. And my brother and uh, Steve Stockfish, who still works for me, okay. was with a company, you know, a little appliance company that was doing same type of stuff like we do today, which is really working with the builders and designers. Right. And uh, they said, hey, why don't you come work with us on the truck? You know, and so Steve actually hired me and uh, we went out and so he was your boss and you flipped the table on him yeah. and now now the check is his name's at the top and yours is at the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out good. That's the American dream. Are you it kidding? <laughs> you don't is. have to be smart. You just have to have a good idea and be willing to work. Fortunately. Because yeah, I'm I'm just a hard worker. I didn't get the I didn't get the college degree, but it worked out. And you also have to be willing to get punched in the head a few times. Oh man. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> That's the one thing that I found in, in talking with our clients on this podcast that we just decided to do is, is you really do have to be willing to fail in order to succeed. 
Oh, man. And, and so many people, they go, rejection, I can't do it. <laughs> no, you're going to get kicked in the head all the time. And they make the funniest stories. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So you, uh, I did read a story about you guys taking refrigerators, strapping them to your back and walking up this streets of Park City to deliver them. <laughs> There's got to be more to this. Well, and that's maybe a little exaggerated. But it was yeah. your website. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's super competitive. And my brother and I were on the truck, truck together, so we would be very competitive with each other. So we got into this little thing of what we could stick on our back. It started with dishwashers. Those were pretty easy. We could shoot them up and down the, the job site. This which, is just a game of stupid, by the way. I know where this is. is going. Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> and so we got, it was actually downtown where we got the refrigerator idea, little apartment refrigerators, and they had a lip on them. And I'm like, I bet I could carry that on my back. <laughs> and he's like, I bet you can. So I just got it with the right, right leverage and threw it on my back and was hauling it around with a big smile, just giggling the whole time. So he did it and he was able to do it. So that became kind of our delivery vice for those little refrigerators. So. All right. So as I'm listening to you, I really have the two knuckleheads with a truck <laughs> van, whatever the, whatever those moving company guys are. Yeah. Two guys with a truck. Two, two men in a truck. I yeah, think whatever, yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we could have pulled something off. We didn't go down that road with the delivery, but we could have. We would have been entertaining for sure. So what you need to do is you need to have an artist do a caricature <laughs> of you and your brother and Steve yeah. with these refrigerators and have it, it's got to be on the wall somewhere around here uh, at Mountain Land. Dude, that's a great idea. I it's like just, that. Uh, it's just, it, it's, it embodies, I think, everything that you stand for. So another quick little story. So I had a, my first car was a little uh, Pulsar, a little hatchback Pulsar with T-tops. And when, my, when I first got into sales, my gig was like... T-tops, there yeah, you go. Oh, Badass T-tops, yeah. <laughs> so I loaded, I had a builder that we were on the truck and I stopped by any guy we were trying to get uh, to do business with us. And the foreman said, hey, you can deliver this dishwasher, compactor, microwave. It was a list of stuff tomorrow. We'll give you our business. So I loaded in my my Pulsar. Oh, come on. Bunge, the true story. Bungeed it down. Everyone was laughing. I took it out to the job site, and the builder actually saw me and said, I went and got his signature, and he's like, are you the guy that with the product in the teeth with the Pulsar? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. He's like, give me a buzz. I think we, we can do something. <laughs> and that was kind of my launch into sales. So That is an awesome story. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So you build this company, and now how many employees do you have? We're about 140 now. So that's a pretty impressive story. And obviously, there's a lot of, lot of you know, bumps and bruises along the way. Where do you learn to get the structure so that you don't have 140 maniacs running all over the place? <laughs> Which from time to time, especially with fish. <laughs> I was going to say, we do have some of those, but no, they're, they're good. Because um, your, your team loves you. The, the ones that I know. They, they're <laughs> super loyal. You've got an incredible business. You've got incredible brands. And so where do you put the structure together? We've got a culture. We've got our, uh, our culture is about, I mean, I've always said it's about having fun. And I really oh, yeah. mean that. I know that can be cliche, but I, I mean, I've even got a little LLC that I've done with my wife called AATF, which is all about the fun. Right. That's, I, I love mean, that. It's just kind of, kind of our, what we live by. And so when we're hiring somebody... We kind of look at 
are they going to be fun? Are they going to fit with everybody? Because that can be kind of a buzzkill for the rest of the group. So, right. um, Debbie Downer's not very good. No, no, not for our business. I mean, we're all about parties and truly any business. Yeah. Well, well and we're excited about the party here tonight. And yeah. you are known in the industry. This is the best <laughs> show in town. Yeah. That's our whole marketing structure is uh, parties and really just building those relationships. Uh, that's that's how our whole hiring process goes. I mean, obviously qualified and you know their experience, right, right. but how do they how do they gel with us? So when you have clients that come in the door, how they're building these spectacular homes in Park City, or obviously there's some here as well. Met with an incredible builder. I'm sure you deal with them, uh, Matt Russell, Russell and Co. <laughs> Yeah, I love that guy. He's a great dude. Oh, man, he's the wildest sober guy I've ever met. So I met him. We're actually going to do a quick little Instagram video with uh, he and one of his leads. I, I say lead. I don't I don't know, but it's a guy running a house. It's like a 11,000 square foot house off Orchard. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know the house I'm talking about. I know of it. I haven't been to it, but I know of it. It's yeah. incredible, and it's got a floating staircase, which is really actually the reason for it. But I met Brad the other day, and he's he's just a great dude. I mean, all our clients are great dudes. They're like you, Brad. I mean, Heather Osmond was here earlier. So when your clients come in, they're building these houses. Can are they stressed out very often? And I gotta believe your team melts that away just like butter outside. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they start out a lot of first coming in overwhelmed. I mean, yep. they walk into the showroom, and there's there's a lot to look at. So yeah, I mean, overwhelm and stress, but it's, it, I mean, once you start experiencing, they see what they can do yep. in these, in their home. Yeah. And really that was a whole design. I mean, that's what we, we built this thing on was come in and not just see what you're going to put with your appliances. We don't sell cabinets. We don't sell countertops, but to put it all together and, you know, work with those guys in the industry, you can, you can help people vision what they want, what they really want to get. And that was the whole, whole idea be t behind doing full kitchens, hooking them up so they can get an idea. Hey, this is, this is what it could look like in my house. When you and your brother were having the, uh, who can be the dumbest brother in the family, <laughs> you know, race to the bottom, strapping stuff. On that your was back. a lifelong deal, by the way. So. <laughs> that hasn't stopped. <laughs> no, that's, it's still, oh, so you're like Nike. There is no finish line. No. <laughs> okay, so, okay. So, so did you ever envision you would, how many years ago was that? 30, 25, 30, 32 ish. Yeah, okay. over, over 30. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever envision that this is where you guys would bring this company? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it really, we were having, we were having fun. We were trying to figure out what the, what the next deal was going to be. I mean, okay. when we were doing that, I, I think we had multiple conversations like, well, what do you, you know, what are you going to do in a year? What are you going to do in two years? You know? I think I was probably five or six years into it till I really said, Hey, I think I can, I can make a living doing this. You know, <laughs> I can actually support our family. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a interesting evolution. And how many kids do you have? I have two. You have well, two. Have two and two. You with, have two and two. Okay. Yeah. So the first two, did your wife ever look at you and go, are, are we actually going to have a serious business or is this just going to be I, I think the first time she ever really questioned is when I was buying out my, uh, my partner. Okay. And this was, I was in my probably 
mid twenties. Okay. And I, I said, Hey, I'm going to take a second mortgage on our twin home and I'm going to buy out the sheriffs. And she said, well, do you think that's a good idea? Cause you're not even sure you're, this is what you want to do. <laughs> I said, no, I think I've decided this is what I'm going to do. And then she said, great. I trust you and run with it. So I had second mortgage, my, my little twin home and got a, got a loan and so you, worked out. So you buy them out. What's, what's the next step? Like at, at what point, how big is this place we're in, that we're in right now? Uh, the total building is 45,000 feet. Okay. So you obviously don't start there. So, <laughs> and you have five locations now? Yeah. Okay. So you don't start there either. <laughs> and you probably got a better car than a T-top, whatever it was, your Pulsar. Oh, it was a badass T-top. It was a badass <laughs> just, Pulsar. Just to qualify it. <laughs> It was um, new. It wasn't like old. I mean, it was. It, wasn't? it was sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, our favorite show is uh, Rockford Files, and we watch with our kids. <laughs> and his Firebird, Jimmy's Firebird, was pretty hot too. It was. Yeah. Okay. So you buy him out, and now at what point do you go? You know what? Let's get really serious about this and do something. I mean, obviously, your personality and your work ethic. All these builders would just fall in love with you, and and I would hate to be your competition in any market. <laughs> Because it would be pretty tough to to fight with you. So how do where does it go from? Okay, let's get serious. Let's start. Let's expand. Let's add Boise. Let's add. I know you bar, bought out Fisher up in Sun Valley. Yeah, which is awesome, and it's awesome that you got to keep that guy. He's incredible. <laughs> but where where does your brain go? So yeah, I don't want to get kind of pull it out too much but i mean at the time that i bought out the partners yeah i we had a little shop down the street from here it's over on on uh, uh west temple and okay. it was where we first started our concept with doing kid little kitchens that were live and then we kicked off hey fridays let's just cook lunch and invite people if they want to come join us for lunch great and that was just kind of a off the cuff, hey, let's see if this works. Okay. And uh, so when I bought out the partners, we're like, hey, that this concept's working. People loved it. They loved the kitchen idea. It's a, obviously a much smaller space. Um, it was our only showroom at the time. And we had, well, we had a little spot in Park City where actually where we first started was okay. a little boutique shop up in Park City. Um, we said, hey, let's, this, this is, got some legs let's run with this so i start. i talked to the accountant he's like go find a building buy a building and this was 2000 okay. and so i started and how old are you at the time i'm 2000 so 21 years ago i'm in my i'm 30 i'm 29 okay. 30 years old okay so i started just driving so around the kid. area yeah well i yeah that's good. <laughs> I mean, this is all about the American dream. That's is, the cool yeah. part about this. Yeah, well, I was like, that makes sense to me. Let's go buy a building. At the time, fortunately, I didn't have any common sense and really no fear of losing everything because I really didn't have much. So, <laughs> so The Pulsar I, was paid off. Pulsar was paid off at that point. Actually, I had upgraded to a Honda Accord that I had wrecked like five times, and that's a long story, but I was driving that. So that was beautiful. Um so I'm driving around this area. I love this area because it's really kind of the term at the design district or tile yeah. mile. Yeah. I like the area for what we do with builders and designers. So I drove by this building four or five times and I was on a flight somewhere and I was looking at a, a newspaper and it had an overview of this building. 
I'm the like, one we're in? The one we're in now. Okay. I'm like, that's a big building. I didn't, because you drive by and it looks like there wasn't much to it. Okay. I'm like, wow, that's that whole space. It's on, I don't know, three acres and it's 45,000 feet. So I contacted the guy that owned it and he, he, he said, hey, let's meet at the building so we can go through it. And went through the building and he sat me down. He pulled up a, I mean, this building was a, I mean, it was a piece. It was, you know, where the showroom is was asphalt. It had a mezzanine that was falling apart above it. And he pulled a little folding chair and said, son, let's sit down. And I said, okay. So I sit down, <laughs> he's an older guy. And he's like, do you really think you can afford this building? And I said, well, my banker said I could. So yeah, I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, if you, if you, you really can, I think you're, you'd be a good buyer for it. I said, I've got some good ideas for this building. And so he agreed to a price, which at the time seemed like a ton of money. Now right, it's right. not so bad. <laughs> yeah. And so in right two, now it's really not so bad. It, it's really good now. <laughs> yeah. This area is really developing. So uh, he, we agreed on a price and I bought it and got some, some designers to help come in and help me with the vision. And we took this building and over years have got it to where it is today. Yeah. I mean, your designers would have earned their keep taking it from <laughs> asphalt to where it is. Oh man. My initial thought was main street. We were going to have the entrance off of main street and, yeah. you know, kind of use this whole part of the building for the, for the showroom. And they came in and looked at the the ceilings in the the showroom now and said right. how dead set are you on the showroom on that side <laughs> i'm like well that's why you're here <laughs> tell me your thoughts and yeah they kind of had this idea we ripped out the mezzanine and put the showroom in the what was the warehouse so and it is it's a spectacular showroom the only thing i think you you might want to help your truck drivers because it is aggressive to get from the street to the uh through the rain gutter to your driveway <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so tell me about your relationship with your vendors because you've got some incredible brands, incredible brands. And obviously it doesn't start out that way either. Well, we we were pretty fortunate. Um, okay. When I got when I came into Mountainland, uh the structure was set up. So there were a lot of the main core brands oh, when you were bought in play. It? Oh. So I came in initially as a partner and then ended up buying it out, but I bought it out because there was a great structure. I mean, there was the plumbing hardware was had been started. It was pretty basic. Okay. But we had we were doing some plumbing and some hardware and the appliance. There was some already some good relationships built. We've okay. added some since then, obviously. But I mean, our big ones: Sub Zero Wolf, yeah, Thermador Bosch, right. Whirlpool. We already had had those guys. So good structure to start. And then you, did you always have Mountain Rocky Mountain Hardware and the other hardware lines, or is that no? New? That's kind of evolved. I mean, okay. Rocky actually they didn't really start until the mid nineties. I okay. mean, that's where they they came in, and you know, I can't remember at what point we actually became a dealer, but yeah, they, their stuff's incredible. Oh, they they that's a company that's grown into. Yeah, I was just recently up there with the owner Christian going through their facility again, and I love that just to. Because they build it from ground up. I'm actually hoping to have a. Uh, I'll be in South Valley next week doing a party. It's supposed to be at your place, but it's not built yet. <laughs> but, working on it. Yeah, we're doing a party <laughs> up there, and and I hope to do a podcast with 
the owner of Rocky Mountain, because I think they do an incredible job. He's a great guy. I mean, a little bit younger than me, kind of took over the business. Uh, his, his dad had an accident, and he brought took right. over the business. And, man, a lot of respect for him and his family. I mean, they put together an amazing business. Amazing. Yeah. So what's your vision moving forward? Well, we got all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all... I, we talked a little bit about our, you did know, you pay gonna, off your second mortgage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I did pay off that second mortgage on the twin home a while ago. That was good. Um, we grew into three locations pretty quickly. I mean, we went into to Jackson, then right into Boise and then followed that up with Sun Valley. And f it was our real first jump outside of our, you know, the Utah market. Okay. And it slapped us in the face for a couple of years. I mean, I don't think we, totally took all considerations into the logistics and everything of moving into a, another state, um, two states, okay. both Idaho and Wyoming. Okay. So we've taken the last few years to slow it down for a minute and try and put our processes back in place Okay. and communication. I mean, we're trying to manage things from this location that we really should be doing from the locations. And so our goal is to expand more, but I mean, we're, feel like we're probably another another year out from really dialing what we've got with the other locations. So are you talking about centralizing your, your structure or decentralizing it? So do you want to put it in the hands of Jackson? I know F Mark Fisher does an incredible job and yeah. he can control anything, but I don't know your manager in Jackson who I'll meet obviously next week. Yeah, you'll love her. She's great. Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody I've met on the Mountain <laughs> Land team. It's because this is the fun factory. Yeah, it is. I like that, the fun factory. <laughs> That's what it is. Come yeah. to work at the fun factory. So more of decentralized, I mean, it's, it's really hard to try and manage some of those, those things out of here. Okay. There's still some things we'll, we'll do out of here, but we'd really like to create as much independence by location as we okay. can, where we haven't done that. And we feel where that's where there's not enough communication and things get lost. So that's our goal is to really let those guys be independent. Okay. And what, what do you see your role as, as it's evolved, you're no longer strapping stuff to your back. You're <laughs> leading an incredible team. That's not completely true, but it's not No. <laughs> old habits die hard. Is that what you're telling me? I, I still work in the warehouse every now and then. <laughs> and I, I do. I, I threaten to go out on the trucks multiple times and they always find a driver when I, when I say that. So. <laughs> I know what I know the strife that you're going through, so don't try and pull the wool over my <laughs> eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. I love being out there in the field with the clients. You I learn do. so much. You do. All right. So, so you're leading an incredible team. So, what's your vision? What's your day-to-day -day process? How do you help them, support them in achieving greatness? So, big focus over the last six months to a year, really working on our leadership team. So, I, I unfortunately like to micromanage and I get in the weeds way too much and I get involved with people and they're like, Hey, they kind of hired well, me Dan to do this. told me I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's really been my goal to try and pull back and let my guys do their job. And that's been my big focus. So I can really focus on growth and the business instead of day-to-day -day stuff, which it's a hard habit to break, man. Like I you know. come in and you start going and I'm passionate about it. So I, jump in where I sometimes shouldn't jump in and I need somebody to slap me and say, go back and do what you're supposed to be doing. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've got a buddy of mine and I asked him and he built a pretty good brewery in Bend 
and he's I think he's got 520 employees now. Deschutes Brewery. Oh, I love Deschutes. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> and Gary's an incredible. He's a great leader. He's a great person. And I asked him, I said, Gary, you've got great people. And he said, uh, yeah, you know, they don't always make the decision that I would make. But he goes, as long as their heart's in the right place, we just go with it. I like and, that. And it's so true. And so it's, yeah, it's, I'm not a great detail guy. I'm a pretty good guy at, at talking to people and the vision. And, and much like you, I'm super passionate about what we do. And I love our customers. I love our clients. And uh, my wife's always after me. She goes, oh, your staff, they'll be like kids and they'll pit you off against somebody else. And they go, well, Ted told me I could do this. And it's like, yeah, I need to just kind of back off and just do do your job and don't. Anyway, yeah. so I understand exactly what you're saying. I understand I mean, exactly what you're saying. And I'm trying my best to not get in the middle of that because I will. I'll say, yeah, you ought to do this. It's super it's hard. Like, well, Dan told me to do this and I was just making a suggestion, I thought. but <laughs> Okay, so this is one question I was super excited when I, when I was thinking about uh, our conversation today. When did you, and it might be a work in progress, by the way, <laughs> when did you ever look at your brother and Steve, your part, your other partner or now employee, well, you know, however the structure yeah. is, when did you ever go, you know what? I think we got something here. I think we've made it. <laughs> you know, kind of going back to this building. I mean, really until this building, I was still kind of, I mean, we were, we were little mom and pop and yeah, we were... Yeah. I mean, we were the little guy and we were still out. I mean, all three of us at any point could be out on a truck. I mean, right. it was, that was the way we, we were functioning. We did this building really kind of threw budget to the wind and said, Hey, we're going to make this up. Let's just do it right. And had our big grand opening for this, this building. And, you know, it was a uh, all nighter finishing up stuff. We were all just ragged. We, Went home, showered, came back, and we had probably, I don't know, three, four hundred people show up for our grand opening. That's awesome. And it was, I looked around and that was kind of my, wow. Yeah. I, I think we kind of figured something out. Right. And, you know, it was with, we the showroom was probably, I don't know, 30% built out. The rest was all open, but I think people saw where we were going with and thought, this is pretty cool. So 2008 hits. So you buy it in 2001, and your best sales job sounds like it was on the guy that you bought the building from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 2008 hits, do you start to feel like you're on quicksand? How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to keep our staff? Walk me through that, because it was yeah. an interesting time. Oh, that was, it was crazy, because up to that point, we, we couldn't do anything wrong. We couldn't <laughs> make a wrong decision. We couldn't, I mean, it was great. And it was all you Dan. It yeah, was all yeah, you. Yeah. Well, I'll take that. But <laughs> we hit 2008 and we were still, we were still pretty good in 2008. We had a, I remember probably early 2008, we had a, a manager's meeting. We got everyone together and said, Hey, there's some, some things going on in the market. We may need to make some adjustments. Everyone needs to be kind of really. Is this before the crash? You can kind of see it on the horizon. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, for us, it was the, you know, we work with builders and, you know, we could see kind of things were overbuilt and really the, what was being built was a lot of, you know, inv investors, but yeah. they were people yeah. that were 
probably not qualified to be getting second and third homes. Okay. Tyrone was getting money for, yeah. you know, we were, this is actually interesting. We were building, or we are in the pro process of designing a building down in St. George. And I went down to St. George, one of the final meetings, we were going to pull the trigger and get going. And you were going to have a location down there in St. Okay. George. Yeah. Okay. And I remember sitting in the back. I had, a, it was a cab. There wasn't an Uber at the time. It was a cab. <laughs> the guys, I can hear him up front and he's talking about these homes that he's building. He got off the and cab a, driver? the cab driver. And I, so I, he got off and I, I said, Hey, so you building a few homes down there? He's like, yeah, everyone's building homes down here. He's like, probably 60 to 70% of the homes being built are just spec homes. I'm like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you gotta be kidding me. And he's like, no, no, there's, this is all spec. So we started doing some research and we're like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes on the, the okay. showroom. And that really triggered. We stopped the, we said, pulled the trigger or we put the brakes with the builder and yep. everybody and said, we're not going to do this right now. We're going to sit tight for a minute. And that's when it all crashed. They crashed their big first before it hit us here. And we, we probably fourth quarter is where we saw it in 2008. And then 2009 was just a train wreck. And right. We went in half and. What, you cut your staff in half? Ultimately, that's what we ended up doing. I remember my, my controller came to me and said, we got to shut showrooms. We've got to, I said, whoa, 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 it's, it's you know take a break here let's look at it and unfortunately that we looked at our biggest expenses and had to start evaluating the staff and ended up cutting the staff in half and it was first couple of cuts weren't nearly as tough as the third and fourth where you're cutting people that have been with you for five to ten years and yep. it was tough so what do you see happening today because it's as crazy as it was in 0607. Yeah, red flags going off everywhere in my head, you know. Are they? Already, well, it's different. I mean, I don't I don't think the homes being built are, you know, by unqualified right. people that are unfunded, but right. I mean, our our challenge today is, you know, the logistics, you know, getting product, getting product from our vendors. Um you're 6 months out right now, aren't you? On lots of our brands, yeah. 6 months and it's kind of a similar thing happening to the business, but in a different way, you know, I learned a lot through the downturn and that's right. the one thing I can look back and say, man, I'm not going to do this or that. You get hit with this one and you're like, wow, hey, these are new ones. I didn't, you know, I didn't learn this from the last time. So, so the one thing I will share with you as I travel around the country, the difference here with this issue compared to 10, 12 years ago is the travel industry. So people are putting money into their homes as opposed to going to Europe. They're not traveling because they can't. And they're reevaluating their own lives and going, yeah, let's just either renovate or let's build a bigger house. I was talking to a builder in Scottsdale last week, and he said the trends are now reversing where people were downsizing. And now they're going, no, we're going to increase the size of our home because this is our main security blanket and i don't mean financially i just mean they go they're going to spend more time at home because yep. they can't travel yep. or they're working from home so i you know i'm pretty bullish i think we've got a pretty good run ahead of us just because i don't see the travel industry coming back anytime soon that's interesting i have a, I have a friend that 
we uh, we call each other every quarter or so, and he's in the property management business. We feel like our businesses kind of do the same type of sure. cycles, and you know, it's interesting. He's his business is through the roof, and when COVID hit, he was petrified. I mean, everything shut <laughs> off. That whole pipe shut off. Um, but the. It, it's crazy. His business is doing really well. And I, you know, especially coming out of COVID now, I think people do want to travel and do yeah. things. So they are doing that, but they have, they are dumping money into their homes too. Yeah. Um, what are you most excited about now, whether it be a project or whether it be product, new product that are coming out? We're building a house in Scottsdale and my wife is all excited about this wolf steam oven. <laughs> And we were talking to the gal, and I don't know her name. She's a pretty vivacious, blonde-haired lady who works with Wolf Sub-Zero. Met her at the golf course yesterday at <laughs> the golf tournament. And she goes, she, so she's talking to Leslie, and Leslie goes, I'm all excited about this steam oven, which we didn't even know about two months ago. And the woman goes, it's all I use. I never use my regular oven anymore. Yeah, steam ovens are great. I mean, they're, it's, they're not as new as people realize. I mean, they've been around for several years. They just started to get some legs, and there's been some good improvements to them. Um, several manufacturers are doing them now, but we're doing a ton of steam. We have one personally. Okay. It's 90% of what we do our cooking in. Okay. So, yeah, love them. What, so what other products are you fired up about? Um, and it could be any of them. I mean, it could be your barbecues, your Huston barbecues. It could be, you know, your, uh, some of the, the new technology that are out there. I'm not as fired up as, uh, on the product. To be honest, I mean, I'm I'm not day-to-day -day involved with the products as much. I mean, I'm not selling much anymore. I mean, I've got a sales team. I mean, I'm looking at the business and what you said pro uh, projects. I mean, we've got some exciting projects going with Sun Valley right now. Okay. I mean, the the building that we're building in Sun Valley is... Which is going to be beautiful. Uh, have you seen where we're where oh, we yeah. are? So yeah, block right behind off of the Main Street. Yeah, yeah. Kitty corner from the line line, a block off of Main Street. Um, gonna have about a four thousand square foot showroom. We have residential units that we're building above. Yeah, I know about those. And I'm gonna keep one of them myself. Are you? Yeah. So we're excited about that. So I mean, that's got a opening date of end of the year for our showroom, and then the residential units will still be in construction for three or four months after that. Okay. Um, but I mean, that's gonna and to have fish, like you said. I mean, that guy is. He's gold. Uh, oh, he's he is, and he's so passionate. And yeah, I mean, you start talking about appliances. I mean, he's an appliance geek. I mean, that guy just loves appliances. I mean, I love appliances too, but I love kind of the relationships and everything yeah. that it's brought. You know, I've, I'm kind of more in that mindset. Um, we're also building a new warehouse, and we're going to move our corporate headquarters out to it at just out west here. Okay. So that's going under construction in the next. 30 to 60 days. So this office is going to move out there? So all of the administrative and okay. and uh, accounting and corporate people will move out there, and this will just be showroom. So you're just putting the structure together to add more locations, I can tell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are there yeah. any you want to, that are popping into your head that are kind of going, okay, when we are ready, these are the obvious places to go? No, I don't want to talk about All right, all yet. right, that's fair enough. That's <laughs> fair enough. I will tell you the, the location, I am really excited to see the showroom in Sun Valley. Yeah. I love the location, and I know at the uh, the 
the residences at the limelight are are like, and so I'm sure yours are going to be exactly the same. Yeah. You're tying up some pretty expensive real estate for yourself, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not bad for a guy who strapped a uh, yeah. a uh, fridge into a pulsar. and I mean, it, you should have had pictures of that. I know. But we didn't have phones back then. No. No. I had, probably had a Polaroid in there somewhere. but. So what's the most valuable experience as you look back on your 32 years uh, of operating this company? What is the one pivot point that you go, hmm, that kind of defined Dan Devonport? What I think really got me serious about the business was once I transitioned. I mean, that whole Pulsar thing really did happen, and that yep. builder that that actually it was he got a kick out of the fact that I was this young guy. I was twenty, twenty one years old at the time, and right. he uh, he really took me under his wing and and said, "Hey, you're going to be my sales guy, right?" And that was kind of what launched me into the sales part right and i said well i better double check because he was a builder all the sales people were trying to get and so i went into uh, to my boss and said hey here's what he said and she laughed and said well all right yeah you got to deliver but you can do it on after delivery hours i'm like well let me see if that works for him and i called and he laughed said what time do you get off off of deliveries and i said i could probably be done by two or three he said come out to my job site I want to show you what I got going and we can talk further. So I show up in a, a shirt and tie. I mean, these are you built. Did? Oh yeah. I, my dad always taught me that. I got to okay. be in a, a tie. He, he thought he got a kick out of that. He's like, Oh, the tie. Okay. So I get out there, show me a subdivision. He's like, Hey, do you have a minute? I said, yeah, I, I got as much time as you want. I go and take you down to a couple of friends that are doing subdivisions down the street. And he introduced me to guys that we're not doing business with who are guys that are, we're still doing business with. That's nice, isn't it? And that kind of launched my, really, I think at that point, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be able to make a living doing this, you know, until I figure out what I'm really going to do. So that was, I think, from my career standpoint, that's really the, the moment that I said, all right, I'm going to kind of take this a little more serious. And it probably made your parents so relieved that you finally... <laughs> You finally had something where they'd stop worrying too much. Yeah. The guy figured out he's not going to play in the NFL. This is great. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're too young for Steve Young, but that guy is incredible. Maybe Robbie yeah. Bosco. I don't know. Who yeah. It was, it was, it was actually, uh, who was the Heisman guy from uh, BYU? You had, uh, he played at Detmer. Tro Troy Detmer. Ty yeah. De Ty Sorry, Ty Detmer. Yeah, he was the quarterback at the time. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so you got to tell me this story about uh, losing your wallet at a Bronco game. <laughs> okay. Well, so Fish, Fish and I go way back, and we were we were at the Bronco game. Our our Sub Zero Wolf distributor took us, and we're at the top. It was Mile High Stadium at the time, which, yeah, I mean those old stadiums. I'm Fish and I probably had overserved ourselves and we we're at the top of the stadium you know having a great time game's over i guess i turn and my wallet's kind of hanging out of the back of my pocket and he grabs it as a joke but flings it off the top of the stadium i literally we turn and watch it go down from the top of mile high I'm like, dude. So now it's on the street below? It's on the street below. It's got my ID. I got to fly back. It's like. And you can't pay the bill. I can't. 
And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so I start, it's a big circular yeah, thing I know. to get down. Yeah. And I'm like every peering down and it's still there. Go down the next ring, peering down. And we get to the bottom and a guy's standing there holding the wallet. And he's like, Daniel? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he's like, hands me the wallet. I give him some money. I'm like, dude, you are the man. And, and then Fish was just beside himself, which was great. Cause he just, he was so upset at what he had done. And I'm, I just played that, <laughs> played that off. Every time I saw him, I'm like, eh, I got my wallet on a little chain now. <laughs> because of you. Yeah. <laughs> were you, uh, were you pissed at him? I wasn't. I was relieved to get my wallet back. <laughs> he was so hard on himself. I couldn't be pissed. I was like, that's hilarious. It was, he, he's such a good guy. So I always, last question I'm going to ask you, and it's been a treat. I mean, just a treat. And we're having a party here and we thank you greatly. You're a great partner for Build Magazine. We greatly appreciate um, you working with us and probably like the builder. You appreciate the builder. Well, we appreciate you uh, in the same light. Goes so, both ways, by the way, Ted. Well, good. we appreciate it. Um, we, we love what we do and we work hard and we're always thinking of new ideas. Like I was sharing about this box for CEOs, which I'll show you once the party starts. But I always ask people at the end, it's kind of because the American dream means so much to my wife and I because we immigrated 20 years ago. What is American exceptionalist, exceptionalism to you? And how do you mentor, motivate, inspire your team, your kids, your wife? Because you are the American dream. I mean, <laughs> there, if you 100% are the American dream. <laughs> You didn't, you're not a trust funder, obviously. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's, I mean, I talk to my kids. I talk to a lot of younger guys, uh, yeah. younger people. And it's, it's interesting because with today, with the technology and the, the quick pops and the, you know, I, I look even at some of my friends that, Still trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know, it's. And I, their parents are stressed, by the way. Yeah, well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because I would be too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I found something that I liked and then I got real passionate about it and said, hey, I, I, I can do really well with this and kind of really put my heart and soul into it. Mm -hmm. I had several people ask me, I mean, how did you do it? How did, how did you get to where you are? And I mean, I surrounded myself with smarter people than me and good people people i like and you know really i mean i don't there's truly not a time where i have any problems going out to my warehouse and working going out on a truck i'm i like to lead by example mm -hmm. and i see too many people jump around i mean i'll get a resume and somebody you know they've got they've had 10 jobs i mean i've i've had two jobs i've had the one i started and then mountainland right. really that are career jobs i had the normal stuff as a sure, teenager sure, but sure. I, I mean it's I, instead of just popping around find something you love and stick with it yep. i think you can instead of that quick pop it's going to take a few years and if you really put your heart and soul into it i think you can you can make it yeah and and enjoy the process yeah everybody wants the prize but you've got to, Tom Brady wins Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and he works harder than anybody. Yeah. 
the last guy off the ice was Wayne Gretzky or Sidney Crosby. I mean, these guys, you've obviously got a, some sort of basketball team here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's doing okay. Yeah. But it, the, the deal is, is that you got to put in the time and you got to have fun doing it because then it just becomes a grind. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I see too many people doing that. It's, yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people say, well, we have people apply and say, it's not about the money. I, and I'm like, that's interesting. You know, we have hired people that have taken significant pay cuts to come work for us because they're like, this looks like a fun place to work. Fun factory. The fun factory. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Dan, thanks for being on Friends of Build Magazine and being such an awesome client and mentor to all of us. Thanks, Dan. All right. Enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below. I'm Ted Bainbridge, and you've been listening to Friends of Build Magazine podcasts.